welcome to the Dad Bod Pod, the episode everybody's been waiting for. We have our new commissioner, Zach Robbins. Zach, welcome to the pod. It's great to be here, Jamie. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And you are number one on the list of people that the league wants to hear from right now. There, there was a big change. I, as the editor to this pod, I heard. I heard about the consternations and the questions and the doubts, the accusations um, and everything in between. So happy to be here and uh, face those head on. Um, that's the type of uh, commissioner I hope to be. Yeah, this pod has definitely been known to peddle in mendacious slander. And we, we dabbled there last week. It was fun to get back into those murky waters. As I mentioned on that pod, it was a little bit of a test, kind of an experiment to see this interesting power dynamic that the two of us have. You know, I was involved a little bit in the king making of you as commissioner. I hear I hear that you did not respond to those accusations, by the way. I know. Seth really saved me. He stepped in. I was like, oof, I'm gonna have to get into this whole talk about, you know, power and influence and titles and roles and behind the scenes and that type of thing but seth went right next to the one and i was like i'll do what i always do and just shut my mouth and be quiet here i particularly enjoyed how sean absolved himself of any king making but he himself was the one that threw the accusation of king making at you when i believe that that was a, a joint sean jamie effort it was it was a joint effort. I think anybody that has ears and listened to the pod can objectively say that was a joint effort. Um, I will say Sean had some other ideas and I was like, no, it's Zach. It's <laughs> Maybe Caleb. Uh, that didn't, that didn't make it to my, to the cut that made it to the editing room floor. Yeah, no, that was, that was the, you know, talking shop before the pod mm. where we, you know, just dis- discuss that a little bit, and yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to hear the deleted scenes of that episode. I know everybody would. Maybe, maybe we'll throw up some Patreon content later in the year. Great, great. But yeah, you know, king making, king, podcast host, <laughs> podcast editor. But then I upload the episodes. So if you delete something out. I can add it back in, but you know, it's just, this is a lot of power dynamics at play between between the people on this pod right now. And just thinking of it from a game theory perspective and outcomes and all of that, neither of us really has an incentive to escalate things. Hmm. Us having a good relationship because of this interconnection is in both of our best interests, but you know, we, we try to create drama here. A lot of times faux drama, but we'll take what we can get. And I'm sure... Drama, if you will. Yeah. There, there's <laughs> going to be some times where, you know, those, uh, those tensions are going to flare up. And it was an interesting first test to see, yeah, okay. We, we had some things out here that weren't just flattering about Zach. There were, there were some things that were said, uh, questions people had. And they all made it to the airwaves. So kudos for that. 
and I think uh, we're starting off on a good step here. I I agree. Um, I, you know, being um, being in the position of, of editor for the past uh, four seasons of the Dad Bod Pods, I only signed up for one, and here I am in season four. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of, with great power comes great responsibility. But I also know if I edit anything out. Um, a significant portion of the league will know about that. So um, I also uh, I also revel in the accusations and charges being thrown my way. So I'd rather hit them head on. So I listened to that pod and edited it today. Um, so here I am tonight, ready to ready to talk about it. Yeah, Let's coming see. out here and responding, and want to give you that platform. So starting off with question number one. Travis announcing his desire to pull back a little bit, new job, moving to a new state, understandably a lot on his plate at this moment in time. But he steps back, you get nominated, step into those shoes. What has that process been like for you? Um, yeah, so I I had some one-on-one conversations with other league members um, I'll, I'll leave them nameless for now because that's the commissioner that I am, um, about like, would this league even continue to exist? Um, you know, lots, lots happening, lots changing, people moving, life circumstances changing, um, dynamics changing. And, um, and one of the ideas was that was thrown out was let's just create a new league and, and just like pull certain people and, invite other people and see if we can get something new going. And uh, I didn't particularly love that idea um, partially because I, I feel like we've, we've had something great going for the past uh, four or now five years. And I've never participated in something like this. So I, I felt like it was, it is unique. Um, so I don't think that the answer was like, um, was starting new. I think it was trying to figure out how to rise from the ashes um, and I did not know at that time that Travis was going to step down um, from his duties, um, which he has um, carried us through and, and was the origin story of the dad bods. Um, but I think that when <laughs> I just wanted this league to, to happen and I wanted us to continue and I wanted us to exist. And I felt like the best way to do that was to step up to the challenge that you and Sean laid upon me. Um, and I knew that I could, I could help that in some way, shape or form as could a lot of other people in this league. Um, Maybe even Seth. Now, now that I went that entire first episode (laughs) without mentioning his name once, I, I see a, uh, Marvel just released their new like what if series and in a, a 30 minute episode there's a version of the world where I could see Seth stepping into that that role and serving as a capable commissioner as well mm-hmm. yeah and I could um, yeah Seth would I mean as, as would as would you I, I myself nominated you in a side conversation um, you told me that um, most things that you take over die so that's been my experience. Um, <laughs> we would have lived on for another year or two, and then it would have it would have gone down poorly. Uh, one of those things I I handed to you, um, 
and uh, and it died a year later. I don't think that has anything to do with you. I think it has to do with your handed dying things typically. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to keep things alive that are already on their way to death. Um, I do not think that this, this league is. So if you had taken over duties, I think that you would have done a, a great job of it. Um, I also think like the role of commissioners, um, while we put it in great reverence and kingship amongst the pod is really an administrative duty. Um, it's, it's making sure that, uh, the draft happens. Um, which is as um, this year is a lot harder than I think maybe it has been in other years or just Travis has hidden the, um, the heart, the amount of tribulation that he has gone through for the very simple things in the dad bods, which is like schedule a draft. Um, but I think that um, I think that whatever impact like beyond administrative duties I can have, uh, that's great. But I think it's also pretty, it's a pretty democratic league, especially with the group me such that no one person has any more, has any like great power or authority over other people. Um, and I think that's pretty special. So me stepping into that was largely just, I want to make sure this happens. I want to play whatever role I can. I'll step up to the plate. Sure. Bring it on. And we are all grateful for that. Drew brought up an interesting question last week. In his stepping down, Travis threw out this idea of maybe diluting the commissioner role into a triumvirate. And then no one person is kind of this lightning rod that bears the weight of a full decision that people can call out on a pod and be like, Zach hasn't updated the avatar. Zach hasn't collected dues. Zach hasn't done X, Y, or Z. Um, you know, there's this group of three and you always need to have at least one other person who's thrown out this check that this is a good idea. This is in the best interest of the league. How close was that to becoming a reality? And was Caleb's decision to step out of the league this year a, a contributing factor to going in that direction or not going in that direction? Um, I don't think that Caleb's decision to step out of the league had an impact on the decision to go in that direction or not as much as like, I mean, I guess technically like Travis could have made that decision himself as the commissioner before he passed the torch. I think that Travis was in the position of like, get this torch off my plate as soon as possible. I don't care where it goes. Just, um, and I also admire like that he's willing to still participate amidst his changing life circumstances and, and being super busy. Um, so I love that he's still here and it would be really sad to lose him entirely. It's certainly sad to lose, lose him as commissioner, but um, we still have him around, which I'm grateful for. Um, so the, the process of deciding whether to go the triumvirate route after the torch had already been passed to me was largely around the amount of effort that either direction would take. So, I think that I, I like the idea of having consult and advisors and having multiple people weigh in on decisions. But as we know from um, the four years that we have existed, anything that requires like requires participation from certain individuals inevitably slows things down. And the football season 
is happening at the pace and speed that it is, no matter how slow or fast we're able to collectively make decisions. So um, I, I see the process being fairly um, open in terms of getting opinions and perspectives and making a decision in a same in, the, in a very similar way that a triumvirate would, but trying to get like multiple people to, to weigh in and actually check actual boxes to make a decision and change a league setting or a rule or a schedule or draft timing or auction versus standard or, um, or like when COVID changes stuff, like how to respond. Um, I saw that slowing the process down and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge fan of slowing the process down for the sake of um, checking boxes and authoritarian administrative um, agreement. So, um, so I, so I would say like triumvirate in like in, in um, spirit, but not triumvirate in actual requirement, because I think that that could derail things pretty quickly. Yeah. I think there's an old phrase that you can go fast or you can go together and yeah, that, that right. the more people you involve is going to slow things down. And I also feel like in its nature, like if you include three people, then you have, there's, there's like a whole other job of like delegation and like who, who's doing what, who's what, what responsibilities exist where, and that in and of itself adds to the amount of effort that is required to make the league run. Um, so that felt like I'll just, I'll just take care of it and, um, and, take away the added responsibility of figuring out who's doing what and how we're coordinating and collaborating, communicating um, for simplicity and uh, pace sake. Love it. Buck stops here. Mm -hmm. To that note, some people mentioned some things about the league that they're curious about. Seth was curious about moving to a 17 game NFL schedule how is that going to impact playoffs, regular season, that type of thing? So I have not looked at the Yahoo settings or anything like that, but just curious, is that something you've looked into? And is that going to be a vote? Is that a decision you're going to make? Where are we going there? Yeah, it's not something that I have looked into yet, although in the discussion on the micropod, um, it, it seemed, it seemed like it makes sense to me that the default would be that the season would just extend by one game, the regular season. Yeah. And then the playoffs would push out. Um, you know, it is weird because we don't know how the NFL teams will respond also. So it's like the first for everyone. It's the first for the NFL and it's the first for fantasy. Um, you know, so one reason why even though the regular season is 16 games, why the fantasy finals are in um, weeks, week uh, 15, at least for us, instead of week 16, is we know that a lot of teams sit their starters in week 16. And so it's kind of lame to have a finals where you might have a, a stud um, you know, roster, but 50% of them are being sat because they're already locked up in a playoff position and seating. Um, so, you know, I, I imagine that the NFL teams will just like push that practice back, but like, who knows, like, could they sit starter starting in week 16? Um, so, so now you're, you're having that same issue with a longer season. I don't know. Um, but I would just as soon, um, proceed with whatever the Yahoo default is, which I'm going to, 
I'm going to guess that that's extending the regular season by one game. Um, if we want to have a discussion about it, we can, but um, I, I would say that's the operating assumption uh, unless someone has a strong case otherwise. Nice. The other hot topic last week was apparently there's some building interest around jacking up the dues. $100 was a number that was thrown around in the small sample size, although you know we're actually talking about half the league was on the pod last week, so maybe not that small. Uh, it sounded so, like everybody... So what, what, was, what was that saying? It was 100% of the 60%, um, but I actually think it was more like, what was it, five-sixths of the... 60%, so not quite 100% of the 60% were in favor of upping the dues. Yeah, Seth was doing a lot of simple math on the last pod. I, yeah. He, he did a good job for the most part. It's, it's called Anchorman math. Exactly. Sex Panther. <laughs> Maybe we can get them to sponsor the pod. Uh, that would be a great sponsorship. I'll look into it. Okay. Um, but yeah, quick thoughts on... On dues and money, you're gonna collect those. Yeah, um, I, I've been thinking about the best way to approach. So I think Travis had a fairly. So one example being when we went from standard to auction. I remember a couple of years in a row where proposals were made. Um, specifically, I think standard auction was one that had been made a couple of times. And then moving to being a keeper league um, was also one that has been made a couple of times. And I think Travis's approach to that was that he needed a unanimous vote in order to make those changes um, with the understanding that his goal was to not alienate anyone from the league such that we would make a decision to change some setting or rule that would actually push someone out of participating, which I totally get and agree with. Um, but the way that he, that we went about deciding that it, via unanimous vote in a yes or no decision, I think was um, potentially too black and white. Um, that was assuming that if you voted no, which is that your preference would be that we stick with standard over auction or we stick with non-keeper over keeper, that that meant that like you were going to leave the league if right. if the decision was to move in that direction. So I think what we did this last year, which moved us in the direction of auction, um, was a better way of analyzing kind of league sentiment, which was um, kind of blowing out the responses to uh, a surveyor poll that uh, determined sentiment alongside like your preference that it, that your preference isn't necessarily the same as your sentiment. Right. So like if your preference is to stick with standard, but like, sure, I'll like whatever I'll go with auction. If people would prefer that, that's totally different from uh, preferences standard. And I'm out if we move in the direction of auction and previously, like those two were the same answers. Um, so in relation to league dues, I've been thinking about something similar um, where we don't need like a unanimous, like if one person votes, like, no, I'd just prefer throwing $30. Like I always have, um, that that doesn't necessarily like derail, like the majority of, um, of feelings. So giving the probably polling to see what people are thinking in terms of dues. And so it sounds like 
the people that were on the micropod, at least the majority of people on the micropod, which was was a a simple majority of uh, the people in the league, um, were in favor of moving to a hundred dollar buy in. Um, I'll probably do a league wide poll and and probably draw a similar sentiment of like I don't want to like change the dues and alienate someone that would otherwise not want to participate, but if like the majority of people are in and the other people would be fine if we did increase it, if people's preference was that, then go with that. I'm all in favor of larger stakes. I mean, I think we all give a lot in terms of time um, to this league. I think we also get a lot out of it. So to me, it makes sense to increase the stakes associated with what we give and what we get from the league, um, which makes the victory all that much sweeter um, when it does happen, Um, which um, it's never happened for me. So um, it would look it would look like collusion if if I led to an increase of the dues and then somehow pulled out the victory this season. I think the auction draft format, you know, insulates you a little bit from mm. that, though. You know, because I'm not going to win because I don't know how to do auction drafts. Is that what you're saying? That's mostly what I'm saying. But also, you know, it's not like you did a random snake draft order and landed the 101. You know, right. It's true. Although we wouldn't have done random, we would have done reverse order of, of standings. So, which which let me let me throw a question at you, Jamie. Um, in determining the order of nominating players, mm-hmm. you think we should just do straight random, or should we do reverse order of standings with the newcomer being the last to nominate? Oh, I think that's a fun twist to do that. Um, which I guess would give you first nominating. (laughs) (laughs) So just to give myself some ammunition to make that collusion call later in the year, I double down and say, yeah, that's absolutely okay. I feel like maybe the safe bet is to go random there. (laughs) Uh, For you. Yeah. Not, not for me trying to jack up our subscription numbers and. Okay. Pantheon subscribers specifically. Patreon. Patreon. Pantheon. Pantheon is a hosting service. Sex Pantheon. Yeah, that's right. It's all it's all blur. New sponsor. Yeah. Awesome. Did we have any other questions on the pod last week or slanderous statements that you want to address? Hmm. So the I mean there were slanders around choosing an avatar. That has been done. That's been done. Let's talk I did about it Jones. And that was a, um, I did decide to just move forward with who I thought um, was best suited for that role, as opposed to like, this isn't going to be a democracy in the sense that like every decision can't be like put up to a poll. Right. Um, Partially because like that, A, like how many people participate in polls in the first place. So it's not even a democracy if you get, if you're, well, it is a democracy technically, but it's a it's a, a poor functioning democracy, just like our great states uh, of America. <laughs> if you have such poor uh, voter participation, um, but I think there was a clear winner um, in who should be our league avatar, Mac Jones. It also aligns with um, Pat's dropping Cam Newton and Mac taking the starting job as a rookie. Uh, there, I mean, I saw myself in that photo, so I feel you've been working on the like dad. I feel like I just had to go with it. So hope everybody's okay with that decision. Yeah, I think all the momentum was in that direction. And mm-hmm. 
when you bring in all those things that you just mentioned, it was the clear and obvious choice. Yeah. I feel like there was some shade thrown at, um, you know, I think that there were like six people mentioned in the top three and I was not one of them. And uh, I can't remember if it was Steven or Drew that said that maybe the weight of the crown would, would just be too heavy for me to perform. Yeah. Um, Throw you off your game. When, uh, so I, I take that as a challenge. Um, I'm not going to be a Travis Piquel and just kind of sling to the bottom of the league standings. Um, I'm going to give it my, my all. Um, and if anything, the weight of the crown will bring me up since I'll just be thinking about it that much more. Um, so I'm ready. Um, and certainly auction is new for me. Um, but I've done at least, I don't know, hundred, 150 mock drafts. So yeah. How's the prep going? Um, you know, it's, uh, maybe, maybe one or two a day, um, is, is what I'm shooting for. Um, it's a lot different than, um, you know, a, a snake draft, but I, I love how interesting it is and I love how ev- you get a shot at everyone and there's totally different strategies. You could get, you know, three first rounders and then like the rest 15 rounders, you could go straight middle rounders and not get any first rounders. Just depends on your fortitude you could go straight homer and get all your players on the packers matt or uh the cowboys jamie or the giants um seth so just go for all those giants yeah and it's also interesting like interacting in a mock and thinking like you know if i'm bidding on saquon like how much higher is seth gonna bid up saquon than what this like mock is is giving me right um or you for cd lamb or uh, McNichol for Aaron Jones or Tunyon or um, Devonte Adams or Aaron Aaron Rodgers. So that's that's a fun part of the prep is like emulating the league response when I know that the league response will be nothing like I anticipate or expect. Um, so that's a fun part of it. Yeah, everything. Nothing happens in isolation. So yeah. every decision that's made in order impacts the rest of the draft. Right. As well as like when I get to the, when I get towards the end of the draft and like I'm looking at people's budgets that are left and that's impacting, you know, how, how much leverage or leeway you have towards the end of the draft to kind of just like push your weight around if you've got more budget Um, and thinking about like what we're, what will our league look like in terms of like come, you know, come round what, what would be equivalent in snake of like round 10 to 15. I have no idea and no concept of like, will people be more frugal? Will people just yeah. like throw, throw their money down towards the beginning and then like not have any left at the end and trying to like play that game. You just have no, you have no idea until we do it at least a first time um, to see where it's going to land. I, I'd be interested, Jamie, your perspective being in an auction league, that has been an auction league for some period of time. If you've been able to like track trends of how people bid as well as like how the league typically interacts with their budgets such that that's given you some leg up and then how you're thinking about coming into the first time that our league is doing an auction draft. Um, and if that's given you any kind of, of wisdom or insight. So for the first part of that question, I would say there's trends in that other league that I've been able to pick up on year over year. 
and those things have carried through. Um, on like a per person basis or on a league basis? More on a league basis, a little bit on a per person basis of, I know team allegiances or this guy had a player last year and he killed it. So he's, he's going to stay on that. I know the people that show up to the draft less prepared than, than me. And I've gone way too deep this year. I will absolutely admit that the amount of time that I've spent on the NFL is not healthy or good, but it's happened. Just blame it on COVID. Just blame it on COVID. I do. I absolutely blame it on COVID. We were, we were looking like we were on a good path over the summer and then it went right back downhill. So diving back into fantasy football this year. It's crazy. I think the last pod I did was like the COVID, the first COVID special in like April of 2020. Just as an aside. Yeah. It, time just does not exist for me anymore. I can't track it. Just like, a, it's a time is a concept. Yeah, it's out there. It's a circle. I don't know what it is. That pod anyway. happened five weeks or two years ago. One of the two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so so you're getting a sense of like league trends through your auction league. Yep. And that absolutely impacts my strategy. And so, like, what are what are some examples of of league trends? So one is. Um, even after accounting for inflation, there's kind of a middle tier of guys below the upper tier that just go for way more money than I have them valued at. Mm -hmm. And sticking with that studs and scuba approach, um, (laughs) the overpaying for a player, like, isn't an inherently bad thing. You can't get trapped on this is what I have the guy valued at because Mm -hmm. we know the guys that are going to score fantasy points and you need some of them on your team. So overpaying on a specific player isn't inherently bad. You just need to know, okay, where am I going to make up that money? Is it on my bench? Is it on my flex spot? How am I going to adjust for that throughout the draft? Um, But what I would say is a mistake is when you're, overpaying five, 10, $15 for a guy that's just not a difference maker. And so that's where I've got the list of guys that I'm going like, you're, you're like dead zone running backs. Yeah. You're dead zone running backs. Um, you know, even Pat Mahomes, I think he went for $60 in this. Holy cow. And that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but like yeah. you're you're looking at that and saying like this is great. This is exactly what I want to yeah. happen. And Sean kind of talked about what I did. Like I had guys that I wanted at the beginning and then saw all of this money flying off the board on mid-tier guys. And I that even led me to pass up some steals that happened in the middle rounds of man, I would love to grab this player at this price. But seeing how much money is flying off the board right now, it's going to be better for me if I sit out this steal that I could get right here so that I have ultimate control in the end game. Hmm. And that that was different than the way that I did the auction the previous year. 
Um, but, you know, I had kind of had this idea of, oh, people are willing to overspend at this point in the draft. And if I'm a little bit more patient this year than I was last year, then I might have more control over my bench, more options and what I'm doing in that end game. But that could end up coming to coming back to bite you, right? Like, cause you're, you're assuming that the whole, like that the whole league is following that trend. But if there's two, maybe three other guys that basically pull a you, then you're in the same spot of like bidding up, not even like mid tier guys, but low tier guys. Right. Because two or three other guys have decided to like save their budget for the end so they could get their guys no matter what. So you're yeah. kind of you're and kind that, of making a bet on on where it's gonna where it's gonna shake out. Yeah. And that's why I said, you know, absolutely in that top tier, like you just need to accept that you're gonna overpay for a couple of these guys. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think you need to do to make sure that you just don't end up with a roster of replacement level players and sleepers of now you need this guy that has a lot of off-season buzz and mm-hmm. could reach that ceiling but has never done it before to perform like a top five running back or a top five wide receiver. Yeah. The other So the other change, so again, turning the tables a little bit, um, we're going from a 12-team to a 10-team league. Is this other auction draft, and we don't speak of other drafts or other yeah. uh, leagues. Typically. <laughs> Uh, are they a, a 12 team or a 10 team? And like, what do you anticipate as an impact? Cause I've also played in 10 team leagues in the past. Um, and, and one of the reasons that I advocated for trying to get back up to 12 was largely like, I think it's more competitive and there's less like easy, easy wins, I would say on the waiver wire. Um, but how do you think going from a 12 to a 10 team impacts the auction process. So there's more waiver wire talent that's going to be out there. And I think if you're just looking at it from that lens, that should have an influence on how you're looking at both your starting lineup and your bench um, and how you want to handle that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a, a couple different ways that you can handle that, but I think it should be influencing your thinking there. It's a good good way to allude to the way to think without giving away um, all of the tips and you tricks. Know, I'm, I'm not trying to give a, a blueprint out here. I am trying to provide some helpful tips just as someone that's done it before and knowing that I walked into my first one not really knowing what to expect and it was fun and wild and a good time that there are these these little things that, you know, I, I think are helpful to be thinking of and think about yeah. the way that you want to approach it and want to, want to pass along some of those tips because nobody can figure out exactly what's going to happen. And even with experience, I have no idea how this draft is going to go just because I don't know how people are going to approach it. And yeah. that, that's going to change how I approach it. To that point, um, do you think that moving to an auction format will have the impacts that someone like Steven would be afraid of or claim like 
basically like you can't really screw up a snake draft or like the claim right. that you can't really screw up a snake draft, but you can absolutely screw up an auction draft. And that Steven's success in the past has been so dependent on a fairly like straightforward snake draft that has been successful for him and more or less like embracing his namesake of luck um, in terms of his, his success in the past. Um, or, or do you think that like it won't actually have that much of an impact on like league high performers and low performers? No, I think it will. And yeah, I just think it's way easier to screw up an auction draft than, than a snake draft. And that's not to say that, that people will. I think you should be thinking about it, at least in terms of a snake draft. Of You know, there's 10 of us. You should be walking away with at least one top 10 player. And... You know, if you don't get a top 10 player, okay, are you getting two top 20 players now? Or, like, where are you making up that difference? Right. So I think there are some guardrails there that are out there for people to to keep it from being catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just don't know how many people are going to go studs and scuba, and are three people going to try to get three top 10 picks? And, you know, people are kind of... Cons- content to let them go that route and try mm-hmm. to pick up middle level talent or yeah i don't know it's just wild yeah cool well i'll stop i'll stop turning the tables on you jamie no that's fair i was actually thinking about doing a, a top three auction mistakes micropod just oh. to, to provide some more content out there pre-draft but then set that set his thing up you set this one up and you know, I just threw out some more tips there. And the last what one, a ter- what a terrible problem to have a wealth of content. I know it's terrible. It's a, a problem I haven't had in a couple years. Three so, whole pods before the season even begins. Look at that. I know. Do you remember the uh, trilogy we had after the pod last year? Or oh, after the yes. Draft? Yes, I do. Great times. Yes, it's wonderful. Do you do you remember the poker game from years ago? Just led to the uh, not Pantheon but Patreon subscriber content. The Shibboleth reference is yes. one of my all time favorite league yes. league memories. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, last auction tip that I will voluntarily give is that you want a lot of your money going towards your starting lineup. If you have $80 left to devote to your bench, especially in a 10-person league, you're probably not going to like your team at the end of the auction. So mm-hmm. um, whether you're bidding early, whether you're bidding in that middle round, you want the majority of your money going towards your starters. It is funny how the end of an auction draft typically turns basically into a snake draft with everybody kind of retaining $1 for their remaining roster slots. Yep. So like the skills that you've acquired in a snake draft are not wasted because it turns into that eventually. Yeah. And that's why it's important to get a sense of how other people are constructing their rosters. Where are you at in that random or reverse standing order last year? Um, 
you know, if if you know the people after you are probably going to put up running backs and you've got a dollar, like, you know, go get your guy because you might not have a chance until it gets back to you in the snake if you're mm-hmm. if you're out of money. Um, same thing in that late round game. Like, if there's a couple of people out there that can go $2, can go $3, maybe you're nominating a player at $2 instead of one. You take that option off the table and now you kind of limit it to only two other people that can go to three. Because that does suck when you get to the end and you're kind of treating it like a snake, but you've got one person that's got extra budget left over. That has options. You're, you're bidding you're bidding your guy and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get him because we're in the snake portion of the draft. And somebody scoops him up and then you've got to wait because you can't bid on any other player based on your on your budget until it comes all the way back around to you. And then that player may be scooped. Exactly. So it's also crazy, like someone could finish their draft way before someone else could finish their draft, just based on how you play your budget. Which you got me. I'll give one more tip. Um, in, addition <laughs> to tracking, in addition to tracking your money, you want to be tracking your roster. Because, um, you know, every player you get, that's one less spot on your team. So, you know, yeah, this person might have a ton of money, but if he already has six wide receivers and he's only got three other spots left i'm really not concerned about him outbidding me even if this player that i'm putting up is going to be a steal for me and i'm going to get him for a dollar or two yeah because he's he's got to fill out the rest of his team with those late round running backs or he still needs a starting tight end those types of things so yeah you've got so much more going on in an auction draft than you do a snake draft just in terms of like the things that you're you 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 certainly like don't have to track all these things to like put maybe a a steven luck at ease but you could be tracking all these things and it puts you at a little bit of an advantage yeah and we're we're talking about the margins here um you know if you come in with okay i want at least this is the worst player I'm willing to accept in my starting lineup. You know, just make sure that you get a good team to throw out there. And Caleb has proven time and time again, fantasy football is chaos. And, you know, we're, we're wasting our time here. It's, I will, I will miss that guy. I'll miss that guy so much. Same. That's selfishly why I voted to, to keep it at 10 this year, you know, just mm. in case. You know, Caleb finds some more free time he next year. Keep the door open to him, or or if he finds his way back to the states, I think that seems like the most most likely outcome of how he would come back into the league. Get him back, back on him. Yeah, yeah, that would. So any anything we can do to um, extradite him, let's make it happen. Yeah, and I've talked about a recruiting committee to to get Caleb back. So cool, great. Once again. I'll be a part of that. I don't want to lead it, but you know, I'm I'm a great number two. I'm a great number three. It will die die if you lead it, Jamie. It will die, and Caleb will will not accept. (laughs) Those are all my those are all my auction secrets. I'm done giving tips. Great. All right. On your own. What is that like? Six or seven? That's impressive. I don't know. I was only going to give three, and now you guys. I'm done. Yeah, we weaseled, weaseled as much as we could out of you. Um, if anybody can expect anything from me as commissioner, that's what it is. 
which is I will weasel things out of you. Just call me the weasel. I hate it, but it's a great trait in a commissioner. All right, now that I'm done giving away auction tips that I hope actually just serves as information overload and people are trying to keep too many things in their mind at one time and they, they make silly mistakes. This it's is a very weaselly way, way for you to, to try and overwhelm people. Exactly. I, I look like I'm trying to be helpful, but I'm just trying to overwhelm you guys. Um, but now that I'm done talking about auction, I'll probably try to hold this pod until after the draft. I've given away too much. But we are curious, what is your vision for the league? What are you hoping for this year? And where do you see us going? So I think um, I think back to when Travis started the league and him sharing a vision for the league. And I think that, you know, one of the core tenets of that vision was um, men in Charlottesville, providing them an opportunity to connect, um, you know, over something that is really meaningless, but in process create meaningful relationships and community. Um, and I think that I still have that same vision with one exception, which is, is very clearly like over time, those, that community has like migrated and shifted and expanded and shrunk and changed. And so I think my vision is to embrace that such that, I mean, clearly I'm not in Charlottesville anymore. And what is it that, you know, a good, a good portion of our league is no longer in Charlottesville. Um, but I still feel a connection to the place that is Charlottesville partially through this league, which is a combination of guys that are either still there or have come from there and were there at one time. Um, so I think that my vision is that this continues to be a place for um, community and building relationships, um, even if it's about something meaningless, um, but that there is something meaningful in the relationships that are formed as a result of that, whether it's um, the group relationship and, and dynamic or one-on-one -on -one relationships and dynamics that are maintained. Um, you know, I think as you mentioned in a previous pod that otherwise wouldn't be maintained, like right. this may be the only opportunity for you to keep up with McNichol. <laughs> Um, Probably. Through, the, through the league. And it's certainly like, you know, I can imagine if I wasn't in the league, like I wouldn't be talking to Robert Cunningham or I wouldn't be keeping up with Travis the same way that I am. Or, um, and so while it gives us an opportunity to, to stay in touch with and stay connected with people that we may have once had a relationship with because we were sharing a location and a community and a place, I think that it can continue to be that as well as as we welcome new members, um, building new relationships and community, I think is part of that too. Um, it, it's absolutely a reprieve and a retreat for me. Um, I mean, it is fantasy. And, and so it's, it's an escape from reality and it's, but at the same time, like the people in the league are real, they're not fantasy, but we're talking about fantastical things. Um, and that for me is a good break from the reality of life as, as, as it changes and it gets harder and, and for everybody that means something different, um, you know, in, in harder and different ways. But I think that the thing that brings people back, at least that brings me back is, um, is that sense of retreat 
um, and that sense of being able to unwind and disconnect and also connect with other people around that disconnection. Um, so my vision for the league is that we continue to provide a place for that um, and that we continue to maintain those relationships, those bonds, and that culture of we can have absolutely ridiculous conversations about which wrestler is everyone in the league and a completely blown out version of that. Thank you, Sean. Um, to quips and jokes throughout the day that just keep people um, sane, or at least to keep me sane. Um, so I'm hopeful that we continue to provide that for others, partially selfishly, because I want that for myself um, and have gotten that out of this league in a, play, in a way that I haven't gotten that from, from other communities. Um, so yeah, it's a fantasy football league, but I think it's way more than that. And my vision is that we maintain that it's way more than fantasy um, in the future. Um, and certainly while we have moved from a, you know, everybody in Charlottesville and the goal is to keep this to be kind of a local league. And certainly that's changed. Um, and that's one reason why, you know, that originally that was the reason that Ben's, um, left the league was, you know, he moved, moved away from Charlottesville and that time it was all local. Obviously it's not now. So it's great to see him back in the league. Yeah. Bring him uh, back. I think he'll, he'll be a great, a great contribution to league culture um, and communication. And, um, and so I think that that, like that thread will continue in the sense that it's not just about Charlottesville anymore. It's about something that's, that's expanded beyond Charlottesville. But I also think and hope that there will be an opportunity for in-person connection as well. Um, so it was great to hear Sean, uh, sending out an invite for in-person draft. Um, there's still some semblance of that and would certainly also welcome the idea of providing some central place for people to come back to um, for some in-person um, ribbing and fun and collaboration and excitement. Um, maybe the concept of a, of a combine, uh, maybe in a post-COVID world. Would love to, to host that here in Chattanooga as maybe like a kind of central place in the country for people to come to. Uh, maybe we have that in Charlottesville, who knows? Uh, but it would be great to see everybody in person. Um, and, uh, and, and hopefully the, the league stays strong such that people feel like that would be something valuable and something worth carving time out for, um, as opposed to something that's just adding to their list of, of things to do and something they don't have time for. Um, that's, that's my vision is that people, people value the community and relationships so much that they would, they would make the time and the place for that. Sign me up. Chattanooga, Charlottesville, we still have about 50% of the league here might be an easier draw to get the the six out of towners here um but whether it's loading people up in my car getting people on a plane i'm all about a combine where where the people are there i will be also exactly um i'm just here to build hype gather momentum <laughs> try not to let things die but jamie jamie schleicher consummate hype man right there yeah, just in like a, a low key, you know, steady way. You know, <laughs> just in a very reliable It's very self aware of you. Yes. you know? I'm not bringing outrageous amounts of energy, but I'm there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to make it better. To think about what's next, since we're, this is hopefully the, not hopefully probably the last pod before the draft and before the league actually starts in full swing as a league member, 
I, the commissioner, am curious, what are you most excited about? What's, um, what's getting you revved up for this season? Yeah, I'm really excited about the auction draft, number one. Two, with Ben's coming back, I don't know if we've locked him into two podcast episodes. That's what I recommended as a condition of being... I had him sign the contract, so he's good to go. Perfect. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. The five-person pod last week was so much fun. And I think it's my dream that we'd get a couple more group pods this year. And, you know, I don't know how many pods we'll get, but the fact that we got three in before the draft, um, super exciting for me. Like, this has been a ton of fun. And I'm personally in a pretty big season of change right now. Um, so being able to reconnect with a lot of people and have these conversations that I haven't had a chance to have in a while has just been something that I've really needed and appreciated. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I hope everybody knows that I don't need to record the conversation for us to have one and would love, would love those, um, those conversations off the air as well but anytime anybody wants to to jump on the jump on the line i'll hit record we'll throw something up and i'm looking forward to that this year cool i look i look forward to the output of that whether those are uh, unrecorded or recorded conversations yeah you know we got some patreon content sign up on patreon does Zoom have a uh, poker feature? I want to know. Oh, that's that's an add-on that they absolutely need to look into. Can we set that up for uh, post-draft? Can we get, just get that you know in the wings just in case people are feeling it? Yeah. Who am I going to delegate that one to? <laughs> Who, who's the third in the triumvirate? Yeah, who's the third? Caleb was supposed to be our email writing guy. By the time that we get to, to poker after the draft, that may be prime time for Caleb. Just saying. He could be our dealer. So true. And that's all about poker is all about data. So just saying. Has everybody committed to the draft? Is anybody looking for a replacement drafter or anything? We, like we miraculously salvaged um, a full participation draft day. It was, it was in doubt. Um, for a period of time there where um, the doodle showed there was no single overlapping date um, that would work, but we pulled some strings and um, uh, there were, there were basically three dates that any one person could not make. Um, so then it was kind of like, we'll choose your poison on who you don't want to show up. Uh, but thankfully one of those people um, was uh, had some plans change and, able to uh, shift things around such that we can make a, a full participation draft knock on wood assuming everyone actually shows up right in, Zoom and in the yahoo draft board and and for how long i don't know but um, my hope is that we'll have 100 participation that was my goal let's go yeah i'm ready yeah i i think it's gonna be a really fun year and i i agree with you i'd like to see us get back up to 12 next year but for this season I'm super pumped to roll with the 10 that we have. And I think it's it's just going to be a good time. It's going to be a strong 10. And, and it'll be different. I like the change. Just like way more waiver fodder um, to keep people on their toes and active and throwing 
throwing all kinds of money at, at meaningless players. It'll be great. What's not to love? <laughs> all right, Zach, commissioner of the 2021 dad bod season. Any final words? Um, to our Patreons, to our subscribers, our, yeah, our loyal, our loyal fan base, but specifically our loyal league members. I'm excited. I'm ready. Um, I'm here for you. Come talk with me. My door is always open. Um, while it's not a triumvirate, it's a 10 umvirate. We're all part of this together. Um, I'm excited that this is continuing. I hope that it always continues. Um, let's uh, let's play some fantasy. Yeah, not going to die on your watch. If if we ever get to a point where I have to take the reins, <laughs> we're we're putting it on some type of watch list. But I I think this is a an auspicious start to a strong Zach Rain. Just don't call it the Grit Fantasy Football League and we'll be okay. Yeah, no, let's stick with dad bods at least for this season and yeah. we can go from there. As long, as long as we have dad bods entering the NFL, we'll be we'll be golden. Mac Jones has got us for at least a couple more years. Yep, good to go. I mean, how long did Tom Brady hold the torch? So I think we'll be okay. Yeah. All right. You want to say it or should I? Um... I'll take this one. You take it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Excited. Let's do this. But until then, go fall in a well.